This is episode 14 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast with Jonathan Waller of Dysphagia Cafe. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, and I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Hi guys, I hope everyone is recovering, recuperating from ASHA, wholly exhausting hangover from just too much information overload, too, too little sleep, too much fun, too many CEU courses, but no, it was a great time. I enjoyed meeting so many of you guys. I'm so glad so many of you came up and introduced yourselves to me. Um, it was it was really a great time. So great to always see everyone. Um yeah, so let's see. What are some highlights of the ASHA convention? Well, in this episode, uh, Jonathan Waller from Dysphagia Cafe and I sit down to, we we tried to find a quiet place, so bear with the uh, sound quality of this one, but the only place we could find was a staircase off to the side of the convention center. And yeah, so we just talked about everything that was going on at the convention, and we really just did a best of Dysphagia Cafe. So a lot of great blog posts we talked about there. And I had a chance to catch up with the MedBridge girls. Um, I know I just want to be open and honest with you guys. If you use that SYP promo code, I do get a small percentage of the profits for that for sending you over that way. But I do it because I truly, truly believe it is an excellent, excellent product. Um, you know, most of the speakers, if if not even all, I mean, I, I'd say probably 90% of the speakers on there are all ASHA fellows. I mean, high, high quality research, high quality education that you're getting when you take those courses. And, you know, I was talking to the girls and I believe Emma was her name, um, was showing me all the new features, um, of the premium plan that they're doing. So if you go to MedBridge education, go to speech language pathology, go to the premium plan and type in promo code SYP for swallow your pride. It's $95 for an entire calendar year. So if you do it tomorrow, November 15th, you'll have it till November 15th of 2018. But anyway, she was showing me this, the cool feature, the home exercise program. And totally not going to lie. I thought that was only for like PT and OT. I didn't realize that it actually was really built out for not only SLP, but dysphagia. And it's awesome. So like you go in and you just click the exercises you want to recommend for your patient. So effortful swallow, CTAR, Shakir, and it drags and drops them over to a handout basically with beautiful pictures and images and instructions and repetitions. And I just, it was the coolest thing ever. So, I mean, you guys, it would save you a ton of time to do this. And it also gives you a link that you can email to your patient. So if your patient's a techie, they can log into the MedBridge patient portal and pull up their exercises, which I thought was just so cool. Um, so not only that, they also have the handouts, which super top quality handouts also. So I know there's an oral care one, uh, just there's some really neat videos that just show, you know, the normal swallow. So great, great patient education videos all around there. So if you're interested in that, so for the entire month of November, we're running that promo again, Go to medbridgeeducation.com, click speech language pathology, go to the premium plan and enter promo code SYP, $95 for unlimited CEUs. 
You get the home exercise program in there. You get live webinars. I think there's a, a really interesting one on dementia coming up soon. I, I just posted about that in the Meta SLP newbies group. Um, and also the handouts. So yeah, go, go sign up for that during the month of November if you need to get your CEUs. And without further ado, here's my buddy Jonathan with Dysphagia Cafe. All right, so today we are live at the ASHA convention. This is a Swallow Your Pride podcast meets Jonathan Waller and Dysphagia Cafe. Yes. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Wait, do you want to tell people where we're sitting right now? We're sitting in the staircase on the side of the convention center in L.A. because we could not find a quiet table. So. Yes, it's very, very intimate. <laughs> You can hear the SLPs shuffling through the concourse. (laughs) You can hear the super-duper bags scraping the walls, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so welcome, Jonathan. I'm so glad. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. I feel like we've known each other. I know, I know. Known each other for so long. Yeah. But really just kind of wanted to talk about what's been going on at ASHA, where Dysphagia Cafe came from, and really... Dysphagia Cafe, it, ex- explain what it is, if, if people don't yeah. know what it is. So it's a, it's a website, uh, dysphagiacafe.com, that I started about five years ago. And the inspiration behind it was actually, I went to a Dysphagia Research Society conference in Seattle. And I was uh, in a course, and my brain was about to explode with all the amazing information. And I literally went to a coffee shop, and... You know, one of those quintessential moments where you write something down on a napkin. Well, that was my napkin moment where I just felt there was a huge disconnect from clinical experience and from what I was hearing at these uh, this research society with this um, think tank of 500 people who seems like if you're in that room, it represents what dysphagia is to the rest of the clinical world, but then you get back to your but practice. But the reality, yeah. And it's just so much missing and so I initially embarked on trying to you know better myself as a clinician and do some uh, maybe just some journal reviews just to you know put up a blog post that I was writing really for myself I didn't really intend anybody else to read and just experimenting and then I just realized quickly that I hated to write. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Re- I just I just reminded myself that you know why am I why am I trying to do this and um you know, it wasn't really my forte, it wasn't really my goal, and there's a whole bunch of people out there who are writing peer-reviewed journals, um, but may, I don't know, maybe the there's a you know, generation, a newer generation of clinicians that aren't going there first to find the information. And so, you know, I found that, you know, if we could, if we could have these same people writing thousand-word articles that were digestible. So yep. No yep. Pun intended. I've yep. never used that many times. Yep. Um, that were digestible and easily accessible and easily distributed across social media very quickly, then we could start to, you know, have a better conversation and lead people in the right direction. So um, that's kind of how it started. And yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. I mean, and that's honestly the same exact mission I have with this podcast. You know, some people absorb or digest information in print content, others like audio content. So I think, you know, of the more content we can get out there, the better. Because like you said, there's just such this disconnect with the good research we have going on and, um, you know, not, not getting the information out there. So, you know, I always just say researchers are not internet marketers, you know, they, <laughs> they're not good at promoting, promoting their stuff. So. Right. It's, it's just, it's excellent information and it's, you're exactly right. The, 
promotion of of our field is you know has a lot to has a lot of room to grow and yep. you know I, I almost feel like uh, my mission in a way is not so much to be a speech pathologist anymore as maybe to be like uh, to help with this next you know generation of how when we start to teach dysphagia education to undergrad and grad students yep. and the type of per, type of clinician they come out to be when they're getting into a hospital setting yeah you know it's like I feel like when I started 10 years ago in the old days like I knew nothing well, right I you know, I think a lot of people can say that. I'm actually really proud to say, like, a lot of interns that I've had recently are really coming out just so much more prepared as far as a foundational level. That's good. And it's really good to see, and I just hope that what I call, like, an early intervention yeah. dysphagia education, yeah, yeah. you know, for our field that you know, we can continue to grow on that. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, what what's so hard and what drives everyone nuts, I think, is those clinicians from 20, 25 years ago that don't want to change with the times. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I think things like this and, and blog posts are so important because it does give them information to to transform, transform their practice. So. And it can be, and trying to play devil's advocate, I think it can be scary yeah. to see um, there's information freely flowing out there. And um, I think it's a, it's a lot of work and a lot of push and pull. Yeah, and and you know I, I don't know that I meant to talk about this today, but I the uh, episode that I just launched was all about treatment, and there was a you know I, I put tons of time and effort into the show notes and all the treatment techniques and the evidence base we have behind behind it, and some of the researchers were not happy that I did not include enough references, and I think it's a fine line between you know do clinicians want. They just want a chart of what exercises to do, you know, and they don't want it bogged down by thousands of references. Do we respect all those references and know where to find them? Should we need to? I think so. But um, it's difficult for me because I feel like now I'm in a position where I can give out this information, but I still have to respect the research. Yeah. So... That's why I stay behind the scenes, yes. Teresa, and uh, I don't put Dang my name on anything. And that's why I ask people like you to write an article for me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when they have questions, I can just yeah. email you. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Well, and, and that's what's so funny. No, about, I respect that. I yeah, respect. yeah. That's what's so funny about what's become of the podcast because I really didn't have an expectation for it in the beginning. I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about some things. I'll have some other people talk about some things. But it's really morphed into these experts coming on every week, and it's a lot less pressure off me because yeah. it's. Them talking for an yeah. hour. Good. <laughs> I'm just board. putting it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can be that missing link. Yeah. So, it's, it's good. There's a lot of great work out there, and there's, it's, you know, I think maybe we'll all look back one day on the, the roots of yeah. dysphagia ramblings and all the, yeah. you know, kind of like people, who, you know, really just probably just we're putting information out there to help out. Yeah, and um, it's, it's really all good, but there is. I think a responsibility for us to police yeah. that stuff. And yeah, I've yeah. Made a lot of mistakes along the way, as far as and you know, SLPs. I think are the first ones to like chime in and say, you know, um, you know, get some feedback or critique something. And yeah, it makes me think as well. So yeah, yeah. But and it, and this brings me back to um, yesterday. There was a talk here at ASHA, and it was Dr. Coyle and Dr. Suter and uh, Lori Sterling, and they were talking about kind of the pitfalls of social media, and. You know, I I talked with Dr. Coyle for a long time after the talk because I just disagreed with a lot of what they said because 
you know, they're saying it's difficult to police these Facebook groups and to, you know, do quality control, essentially, and make sure that there's good information in them. But I, you know, I, I told them I disagreed with them because there are a lot of people that put a lot of time and energy into policing these groups. And then there is also people like you who are posting these very high quality blogs. You know, I post these podcasts. I have, you know, my own blogs too. And I think we both put tons of time and energy and effort into making sure that it's quality information. So I think when you look at social media from that aspect, it's an easy way to grab a quick, you know, article, grab some quick information. Yeah. And and I agree. And one of the things I, I can probably be better at, but it's been helpful is that, you know, if I post an article, like, I, I feel like that's like a gateway yeah, into the absolutely. reference list below. Absolutely. You know, but yep. but in reality, people are going to be, you know, they want something quick and short. Yep. I mean, there's some kind of statistic out there, but I think <laughs> probably like the first paragraph is probably what's most read of like yeah. a blog post. Yeah. And, you know, what's clickable and all that. Clickbait. But like, I, you know, sometimes I'll just kind of headline it. So like, you know, make sure you look at the references down below. Yeah. You know, because there's 25 references, and if people want to kind of get into Parkinson's in this phase, this right. is like a nice entry point right. by a respectable person, and here's your entry point right. to go to PubMed. Yep, absolutely. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more yeah. about Dysphagia Cafe. Yeah. So I guess yeah. what are, what I've always wanted to know, what are some posts that you didn't know, think would be as successful? Like, yes. I think that's what always fascinates me. Like, some of these podcast episodes, you know, I, I, I love every episode, but I was surprised to see, like, a huge spike right. in the listeners. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't really realize that was a hot topic. Right. So so as far as, like, surprise, so I, I learned uh, actually in one of the Facebook groups recently when someone, um, I think they're maybe school-based SLP, mentioned about, like, a social strategy as far as our marketing posts is that, you know, don't be afraid to repost. Yeah. And so everybody's been saying, "Are you putting out new content? You're put, you're recycling your old stuff." And I was like, "Well, you know, not everybody saw not right. everybody saw the old stuff, and right. it tends to do really well." So there's a Trake Invent post by Eric Blicker that he oh, did for yes. me about two years ago. Yeah, and people and that one of probably one of the top three posts on the site. Awesome. And and I tried to pick out why, right? Yeah. There's that one. There's a one on silent aspiration. Maybe it's the buzzword. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's very searchable. Yep. You know, if I'm a, if yeah. I'm a intern yeah. in a hospital, yeah. I'm going to scroll home what and Google yeah. aspiration. And thank God it, it happens to come up on my site. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, silent aspiration is one. There's um, anything that's exercise-based. Uh, mm-hmm. MDTP, Dr. Crary wrote, is, yep. is always a hot one. Yeah. Um, it, it has a lot to do, I think, with... Um, the amount of text. Yeah. Um, in Eric's post about trade content, it's very large, bold questions. Yeah. That are answered in two paragraphs. Each. Awesome. Awesome. And so it's, it's literally called like I think it was called like the it's like six questions asked and answered. Yeah. About cuff deflation and all these just really key targeted phrases and words and I you know that kind of I think leads people down the path to search more. Yeah. Um, but I didn't answer your question. That wasn't a that wasn't a <laughs> surprise. Um, that's hard. To, I, I don't. I don't know. You know, I, I seem to have a understanding of what can do really well and what can't. And I think it has a lot to do with if it's unfortunately if it's deep deep science. Yeah. I tend to, it's as much as I like it. Right. 
Um, it's very hard to tell someone who's dedicating their career towards being a speech scientist and right. um, that you know this may not go over so well because it's over it's over a lot of people's heads. Yep. And so um, what? So in that sense, I'm not surprised that certain ones don't do as well. Right. Um, but then uh, it you know may have to do with how I how I promote it or phrase it. You know, if I can tr try to grab something from that post that can um, grab people's attention, that do well. So it's also a lot to do with you know my end. Of yeah, yeah, how yeah, I yeah, so, yeah. So Eric, so Eric with Trake and Bent, what are some other popular ones you've had? There's um, there's critical thinking. Okay. Uh, like Nina Humphreys. Okay. Um, MDTP, very. Um, Have you taken MDTP? I did. Okay. I did. It's. I mean, I don't want to sound like an advertising for that. Yeah. But and I can't tell you or else I have to Right, you, right. You, you don't have to kill your, me. You sign your waiver. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And just clinically speaking. I finally got into it. I'm you did. taking one in March. Oh, in yes. Florida? Yeah. Okay. No, no, in Baltimore. Oh, other travel. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right before DRS actually, so it'll be a really oh. mind numbing week, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, quote me, let's talk after. Okay. If it doesn't change the way you think I know, that's what everyone then says. I'll be really surprised. That's what everyone says. I have so they they happen to come to San Diego and I caught oh, cool. it about two and a half years ago. So quick MDTP story. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um so I went to it was a two day course at the time and uh, I, I was just kind of blown away with the um, really how they took exercise science and physiology and just the it's a a, a program that really um, encourages oral intake and very natural type of things that are motivating to a patient. Gotcha. And it's, it's not do it's, you know, against compensatory strategies, yeah. to say the least, but, um, you know, without getting into, like, the specifics of the program, it was, I got back to work, like, the next day, and my boss happens to say, hey, there's a patient who's uh, four years brainstem, hasn't had... A, like a drop of PO, like, oh, is there yeah. anything we can do for that? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, actually. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, and I'm pretty sure it's in their papers about MPTP. They're, they really research what they call, like, the ones who, like, are, you know, the four-time losers or three-time yeah. losers, meaning, like, yeah. they go through therapy and therapy and nothing's happening. Yeah. And so this guy went through the ringer and rehab and outpatient for years. Yeah. He, he was not coming back to do a Masako with me again. Yeah, yeah, He was yeah. not coming back to do a Shakir. Yeah. Um, he was coming back to see if he could eat. And I was just really, I, he was the perfect candidate. So yeah. there was candidacy for sure. Okay. He had perfect family support. It was just such an, such a uh, ideal situation that I happened to get there. Awesome. And I am at a facility where we do have the luxury of saying, if you want to come five days a week, you can. It's awesome. It's an non-billable or county hospital. Okay. And so he came five days a week for four weeks. Awesome. Like, not too many patients would do this. Right, right. And um, he did everything I asked him to do at home. I mean, it was, it was I should have, I should have wrote it Done up. like a case study on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but because I think if you've been NPO for so long and you yeah. say, hey, if you come here five days a week for four yeah. weeks and we could maybe get you eating again, yeah. I think anybody in their right mind would... Yeah. Drop everything they're doing, and, you know. And this this will tie back to a different article that's on our site. Also, is that so he um, so 
so about 20 sessions, you know, pre and post MBS. Um, did fantastic. And he ended up being you know, like a mechanic soft on on discharge. Um, and I thought everything was all good. Yeah. So there's an article called Worship the Dog, Not the Larynx. Yeah, Have by Dr. That? Leslie. Yes. One of my favorites. Yes. Yes. It was one of my favorites because Dr. Leslie sat down with me for about two hours at a ASHA Connect conference okay. in Arizona. Yep. And because I asked her to write for me, I was like, oh, I'll just ask her to write for me. Yeah. But she wasn't letting me get off that so easy. Ah! She wanted me involved in the process. Yeah. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so involved in the process meaning, like, what do you want to convey? You know, like, really good critical thinking questions to kind of collaborate on a good article. Yeah. And it kind of came up with my particular patient. We didn't name him in the article. It was just kind of like a, a good example. Um, you know, I missed the mark on this guy's goal clinically. And that was kind of what the article is about, is that, you know, we can't, I was so focused on his pharynx and larynx on the MBS. Yeah. And that, you know, he, you know, his risk for aspiration decreased and things were looking good. He was actually, you know, squeezing through things through the UES and everything was looking really good compared to four weeks earlier. I was so happy this guy was eating after four years. But like, it wasn't so much about that because it was still a lot of effort for him. Mm-hmm. You know, if I asked him what his goal was in the beginning, it was probably to go to, like, a Dodger game yeah. and eat a hot dog. And, yeah. and we talked about that because, and Dr. Leslie, I've heard her talk many times about how it's not a, it's not necessarily about getting that $6 coffee at Starbucks that people care about. Yeah. It's about the environment and the social situation around eating. Yeah. And this guy didn't have the social situation around eating anymore. Like, if he, if he turned to his left to listen to a conversation while he's chewing, he was going to have a problem. Yeah. You know, if he didn't focus on eating it, and uh, it took him probably an hour yeah. to eat still, um, there was he was going to have problems. So we we kind of kind of fixed the pharynx, yeah. But the social situation on eating just like yeah, know, I missed the mark on that. It was a yeah. big learning experience. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that that was awesome. Yeah, I know that great, was a great course. Yeah, great. Course. Yeah, I'm so excited. I finally, yeah. finally get to take it. I, know, I, I, I wish it was more replicable. replicable? Yeah, I, 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 I know, I know they are expanding. Wish, yeah, so there's, that's good. yeah, that's yeah. Good. I talked to Dr. Query yesterday oh, and he said, what did he say? He said, I'm, I'm a pretty good researcher. I'm a so-so, <laughs> I'm a so-so educator and I'm a terrible business person. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we are figuring out how to get MDTP yeah. out there more. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't know if you've listened to my podcast, but I've begged you desperately to get this out there more. So, yeah. yeah. Kind of like clone him into Yes. Well. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Right. They, they're, yes, they're yeah. working on it. So, well, that's good. yeah. That's yeah. Good all right. You heard that here first. Well, you all did. Yes. Time. Thanks, Jonathan. You're so good at the plugs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we had Eric's post. We have Dr. Leslie's yeah. post. What are some other good ones? Oh boy! I, I occasionally I like to you know we I I talk a lot about you know the you know, really pride that I'm asking these world experts in this industry to come on and write. Um, every once in a while, you know, I really like to kind of reach out to you know like a clinical fellow or yep. an intern or you know not for a deep research based article, but just something yeah. a little bit more practical. And so there's one. That's up uh, the macro experiment. Yes. I feel like you have a connection so with it's her. So it's so funny. I, don't I know what it is. yes. So Kate. <laughs> so I keep Kate, getting this thumbs yeah. up every time. So, <laughs> so Kate Robertson. God, Kate. Kate. Let's see. You were. I think she was a CF two, three years ago, maybe. Okay. 
So she writes a blog called The Macro Experiment, and I've known her, so I, I follow this kind of macro counting diet, basically lifestyle, weightlifting lifestyle. I don't tell her, but I really don't understand it. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to get her. Okay. <laughs> basically, you just count macronutrients, so you count carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay. So every day, I eat a certain amount of carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay. Um, so it's good, it's considered like flexible dieting because you can, if you want to eat a hot dog, you can, you just have to balance it out with salad later in the day or something. Okay. So not depriving yourself, it's just a good way to okay. keep things under control basically. Okay. So I've known Kate through the social media world through this, you know, my diet lifestyle for forever and I was actually at ASHA in Orlando, when was that, two, three years ago? And she posted on her Instagram thing, like I don't know if people know this, but I'm a speech pathologist and I was like what the heck I was like I had no idea I was like I'm at Asha right now and she's yeah so it was so funny that we knew each other before SLP life yeah. and then found out she was an SLP and then she was actually doing her CF in the schools yeah. but she's like I think I want to go into you know the medical side and yeah. I want to learn more about dysphagia and yeah. I just have to say this girl is incredible in that I think she's the model how you should go from the schools to the medical sector. Okay. I mean, she would call me, text me constantly. What, you know, I, I want to learn more about this. What textbook should I read? Or, you know, I want to learn more about this. Where should I go? So she's someone that just did a solid, solid amount of work That's before really even going for interviews. Okay. So she, you know, what, what do I really need to remember? Things like that. Like she studied up so much before she even went in for a job interview. Okay. And then she also was cognizant of, I think she went on three different sniff interviews and ended up doing per diem at two of the buildings that had full-time SLPs there that could mentor her. So, and that's something I told her, I was like, that's, that's really non-negotiable. You can't just go to a place where you're going to be the only one on your own little dysphagia island with no one else there. What she does is inspirational. Yeah. And that's why I asked her, right? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a really interesting angle and an interesting, uh, you know, just a... A lighter piece, yeah. for sure. Yep. But it was, you know, I loved. I love this whole like uh, Instagram influencer culture. Yes. Yeah. You know, part of it's kind of like, eh, but it's still fun at the same time. Yeah. And I would, I definitely like feel like she's an influencer. Yeah, totally. Well, and what's so funny? She's so much like you too. She'll tell you that she loves being behind the scenes. Okay. You know, like her Instagram's all full of infographics and things like that. There's yeah. never. I'm like, I'm gonna see pretty Kate. Like, there's never any of her. You right. know. Right. Yeah. No, it's. A, I mean, her. Basically, I, I just wanted I wanted her to write like you know what you know some I a lot of SLPs you know talk about like you know they're they maybe see the job differently than you and I yeah or than yeah. a lot of people they see it as like hey I graduated now I can do all this per diem work right that, right and I like the fact that she was upfront about that that like it's like. I mean, how amazing is it to have a master's as like a side job right. and do like right. what you're really passionate about right, with, right. with dieting and nutrition? Right, right. And so I, I found that fascinating. And, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, like all the side stuff that you do. Yeah, yeah. Myself, it's just a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. And totally, so that, totally. So hers is, I think, uh, called the, the Macro Experiment of Passion Project. Yes. So that was the one. It was a, kind of her journey through her CF. Yeah. Yeah. So how she kind of balanced the two differently. Yeah, so, yeah. It's so funny yeah. you say that. I know I just scheduled, I have, I think, like seven fees already scheduled for next week. I'm like, I totally forgot that I have an actual real job outside of yeah. podcast land and <laughs> things like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have my own company yeah. and my own job. And yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Is there two of you or three of you? I think there's like seven of me, although I think the world would implode if there yeah. was more of me. But 
<laughs> no, I have a lot of help on a lot of friends. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. A lot of people don't have to think to that. I'm, how to ask for help. Yes. That, you know, that's such a hard thing, I think, in, in all aspects. I'm such a control freak and I want things to be done my way. Sure. But people are good at different things, yeah. you know. So I've definitely gotten a lot better about delegating tasks. Yeah. Like, you are good at this. I'll let you. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely come back around and review everything finally yeah. before I put it out. But, yes. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm also, um, Dr. Brodsky and Dr. Leslie are going to come on and help me with the podcast, too. Oh, nice. I know, I haven't announced that publicly yet, but they are, we're going to kind of do like a monthly roundtable, and, and they're going to really help to make sure that all of the information that is being put out there is evidence-based, and the show notes that everyone can download are... Dr. Brodsky's be, been, been a beast on Twitter lately. I know, he is. <laughs> He's He's so Twitter, Twitter maniac, <laughs> He's yeah. So I, I love his work. And yeah, yeah. He, he actually he put something up recently for me as well. That's yeah. Also yes, cool. yes. The, the critical care so he, piece. He collaborated with some nurses, and it wasn't you know he put he put it out there right away saying this is not an, a research or evidence based piece, but based off of my yeah. 20, year, twenty year plus years of experience. Yeah. And it answers a lot of great questions about I just you know when he asked me what you want me to write about, I was just like you know. I love the ICU personally yeah. at work. I love working in intensive care. And uh, I just just observe how, you know, it's either like the SLP is in with them, with, with the intensive care crowd, or sometimes they have a hard time getting their foot in the door with a relationship with yep. the staff and the doctors. And I just wonder why that is and what do we have to do right. to, to make our place right. known. Right. And, you know, I always felt like a good place to look is like when you're on intensive ICU rounds, you know, the way they communicate. Yep. Right? Lines, drains, and airways. Yep. <laughs> Don't care, you know, can he eat? You know, yep. we want to talk about tongue-based retraction. Right, to them, right. But it's not necessary, no, yep. you know, perhaps. And so, you know, I think we have a lot to bring to the table at that level of care. Yeah. And uh, glad Dr. Brodsky kind of maybe, there were some, some candid points he and advice he gave to SLPs about what we can do better to kind of fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, he's so he's so spot on with all that stuff too. Yeah. And I think working in the medical field, I know we don't we don't get a strong medical base. You know, we're just taught how to basically do dysphagia, but we're not given a solid medical background. So, you know, I think of like some of the buildings I go into that I do have great relationships with, like the respiratory therapists and the vent trach units, because I've learned that language on my own. You know, no one taught me that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably why one of Eric's posts is so popular, too, about trach and vents, because we, you know, learn very minimal about that. So it's, you know, we definitely have to make a commitment to the field to, I think that's what Dr. Brodsky's article was about, was, you know, learning all this medical jargon ahead of time so that you do fit in with them and you can speak their language and they respect, you know, your opinion when you say, yes, they can eat or no, they can't eat, you know. And do you think the, do you think the educational level of the SLPs coming? Is it going to change drastically where we're going to hopefully feel comfortable one day walking in I think day it has one to. as a swallowing expert? Yeah. It has to. It has I'm to. I'm just wondering how how, do, how we get from A to B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of big, a lot of pressure now on, you know, the, the professors and the, the clinical instructor who are teaching, teaching the, the students, yeah. but... Um, I, I know I've talked to a lot of my colleagues about that, too, and, and making sure that we don't have the blind leading the blind. You know, I know Dr. Carnaby did a talk this morning about that here, 
making sure that the the clinical instructors and the you know adjunct instructors that they're up to date with what they're teaching so that yeah the blind's not leaving the blind so somehow ash has got to crack down on making sure that what we are teaching quality evidence and you it's know a big, it's a big responsibility to get yeah. out there and you appointed a swallowing expert. Yeah, yes. And, that, and that's what happens by default. I mean, yeah. if you're in the building, yeah. um, you prob- probably know more than right, most right. physicians right. about swallowing anatomy, physiology, and, and you know, regardless of what, what experience level you're at. But um, somehow we're, you know, as a, as a field, we can do this so much right. better. And, right. I'm not sure if it starts in high school or when. It I know, starts, I know, I know. That's what Dr. Carnaby was saying. You know, does it start in undergrad? You know, yeah. where? But but she was doing a lot of cool work with her undergrads and doing a lot of problem-based learning and you know giving them instructions, and giving them case studies, and getting them to critically think about their patients yeah. already in undergrad. Which you know I think is great because I think if we can instill that kind of learning early on, then if they do have a you know instructor in a clinical externship or something like that that isn't up to date, you know that that they're keen on that. Any other dysphagia cafe articles you can think of? <laughs> yeah, that was a good a good gamut. <laughs> there's, um, there's one that I thought that would do really well. That uh, you know, there's one on cough. Yeah, which I think is such a. Wonder if you just didn't market that one properly because you think that think <laughs> that would be a hot topic. <laughs> I've got the million people. Let's rebrand uh, that one. Yeah, day. yeah. Let's rebrand that one for you. <laughs> Change the title. Yeah. Um, I think it was called Dystusia. Maybe that was. Oh, <laughs> probably because I don't even know what that would be. So, but yeah. I, I I find cough very fascinating part of our field. I'm glad it's being like studied more yeah. and more. Um, I love the EMST stuff. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, it's maybe not such a like a sexy thing to read about. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really important. Yeah. And we have we can have a better understanding of that. And um, Dr. Trosha, you know, wrote a great article on that for me. Yeah. About cough and um, any type of airway type of uh, discussion, you know, seems to fall on flat ears. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because we're looking for the articles about. Um, what do I do when there's residue in the blackula? Right, you know, right. The, the cheat sheets. Right, and, right. And anytime we, um, you know, when I was when I was a beginning clinician too, like we all we all want answers to those right. questions because we're in the trenches and right. You know who's who's telling us? Right? Yeah. I wish I had that Facebook group. Totally, I, I know, absolutely I, I say kind, that. It can yeah. be kind of it can come across sometimes as critiquing and critical and. Motions fly. Yeah. Yes. I stay. I just stay under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But. Uh, but you still learn a lot. Still learn a lot. Yeah. I, absolutely. I think if you can take that stuff in the right, the right spirit, right attitude, yeah. then it's it's a way to learn. Absolutely. And it's there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. Just you know the. Be okay with some of the answers, though. Right, you know? right, right. That's I know in my the med SLP newbies group. That's one of right. the things I wrote in the description is like if you're going to ask the question, just be okay with the answer. Then you know there's a lot of experts in this group that will, you know, lead you to water, but don't say that they're wrong. Right. You know, you ask the question, so be open to right. the answer. So one of my favorite uh, was when I went to the critical thinking course. Yeah. In NASA. Yeah. Um, there was a. Part of the course where she talked about challenging the swallow. Yep. And I, and I wrote a little reflective piece on that from her course. 
and I, and I, in the introduction, I wrote about an English teacher I had in high school, and because ENS reminds me a lot of him. Okay. And he like changed the way. You know, I was a, I was a terrible student in high school, and <laughs> junior year I just kind of shaped up because of my Mr. McMahon, my junior English teacher. Yeah. And I. Did not like school. I wasn't interested, but he just like somehow he just connected with me. Yeah. And strangely enough, the way he connected with me was a way that everybody in his class just criticized him, and yeah. he just got a lot of fun for the way he taught. And the way he taught was if you asked a question, then he said, "I don't know. What do you think?" And it would go bounce around the classroom. And Mr. McMahon doesn't say more than five <laughs> words the whole class, <laughs> and everybody gets pissed off and frustrated because. Yeah. He's just kind of sitting there with like facial, you know, changes and smiles and eyebrow raises and like, and we're all figuring it out in the meantime. Yeah. And we were critically thinking. Yeah. And I feel like, like that's how I experienced yeah. the, the critical thinking in the spatial class. And it was, it's, it's excellent and there definitely needs to be more of that. And I right. think it definitely takes a skill and a, a, a person like you know, Dr. Humber and Dr. Palmer do right. something like that. Right. It's not, you know, we're not all, we're not all researchers and professors. Right. Or, but, um, it, it, like, that's the way that connected with me yeah. as far as learning. Yeah. Was to ask a question and then someone to ask a question back at me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, I know. Sometimes I was just going to say, I, yeah, I get so pissed when people do that to <laughs> you me. Do. And now I know you're, you're kryptonite. <laughs> I know. But. I know. When you ask a question, they're like, well, what do you think? I don't know. It's why I asked you. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, just a, it was just a really, I, I was just, and I, I got a, I was amused by it because, yeah. I, you know, in my Mr. McMahon in my English class, I just watch his face. And you know, he just like has these like little smiles as people are like fighting with the answers. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was really, really you know, as an adult now, yeah, and as a junior in high school, I thought it was, you know it's it's really good, and I, I wish there was. More. Yeah, I, I do wish, you know, that my my dysphagia course in grad school, I wish we did more of that. You know, it, it was just a lot of lecturing and talking at you like this is what you do, this is what you do. And not and, and it's just a different teaching style. But I think dysphagia is not, you know, everyone knows it's not straightforward like that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not straightforward. Your patient presents with this. This is what you do. It's not. There's a million moving parts. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know when you graduated, but when I went to school I tell my, you know, my intern now that I have that I had, but she took the MBS IMP, and I'm yeah. just, like super happy with the way yeah. know, she's getting a foundation. And but I had fluency, yeah, motor speech, and dysphagia in one class. Oh my god! So it was like three or four weeks on each. Oh my gosh! Yeah, for undergrad and then in graduate, in grad, same thing for the grad. It was split into three. Oh my gosh, that Jonathan, that's crazy. And yeah, so, and I don't know if that's a so unusual yeah. because I, you know, I feel like, you know, if you even go back further than that, probably there was nothing. Right. Right? You know, I don't know 20 years ago what it was like. Right, right. I mean, I know a lot of people that graduated maybe 20 plus years ago never had any dysphagia instruction. So, you know, I, I think that's what we have to think of. You have some people that came from nothing, literally, yeah. and they've learned everything on their own. And you have some that do have a good, solid foundation, but they're still doing stupid things. Right. You know, they're still just sitting in the dining room watching their patients eat or thickening everything, not even trying exercises, not even seeing if they can push their patients further. So it's, it's no longer... There's, you know, picking up bad habits is one thing, or right. not having the experience is one thing, but... 
the information is out there. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, to, to, to do the right thing. Right. And so there really is no excuse, right? And right. You know, speaking of the MBSIMP, right? right? Yeah. I think it's a fan, fantastic. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's, I can't agree more with getting everybody on the same vernacular. Right, right. Right. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think it's, uh, but when you have, but if you ignore something like that, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, it becomes such an issue in our field yeah. that you, you know, why would anybody trust, you know, why would anybody trust the report? Right. Or, or right. Well, and that's why I would name this podcast Swallow Your Pride, because I yeah. mean, there's, there is so that's much good. information that. We just didn't know better, yeah. you know, but I think now you have an obligation to, once you know better, you need to do better, so. And my father was, uh, a few years back, he was sick, and he needed a swallowing evaluation at his hospital. Yeah. Year. And, like, that's, like, the worst experience yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm on the outside looking in yeah. on something that I'm just just not thrilled with, and it, yeah. it's not because I'm, you know, king swallowing guy or anything, or, but it's just... It was so hard to see, and it was funny because you know he had no, there was no neurological reason. He was intubated for like two days. Okay. And they evaluated him right after extubation, and that was a fail, coming from a speech pathologist. Yeah. And there was talks about a peg. I'm like, wait, we know, we expect this to improve. Right. And so he ended up, neurologist ended up just putting them on a diet because I was really upset. Yeah. And so he ended up being okay. He went to a sink. And my father is telling me, he's naming all the exercises he's doing for, for two months. Yeah. I'm like, why are you, do, why are you like on a treatment plan for swallowing? Yeah. You know, and he's like, he said, I did so well on my Montevideo Swallow study um, that they're going to keep me here another week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, I'm doing Masako, I'm doing oh, Mendelssohn, <laughs> and here's the guy who's like intimated with your name. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was really hard to be a bystander and yeah. outside looking in. Yeah. And I was, I was. I probably would have gotten on a plane and went and burned was, down the door. I was, I, was, yeah. I, was that, I was that family member that says, oh, at least he's being entertained by speech <laughs> You know? Right, <laughs> just horrible, yeah. Like, oh, at least yeah. he enjoys it. Right, so. right. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's horrible. But. We have a long way to go. We do have a long way to go, but hopefully we're on our way. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Things like this. Yes. I like yes. To see it. Swallow your pride. I just thought about. Yes, Josh. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you finally just got it. Yes. Yes. And I yeah. love the. I love your pictures. Thank you. I I had no idea when I was just messing around on Photoshop one day that it would. Can I do a picture like that with you? Of course. You? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Of course. Yeah. So many. That's what so many people have said here. You know, they found me in the convention hall and they're like, "That's the best picture ever." I'm like, I had no idea. Is it sad? Is it creepy to say like? Obsessed with your face and the picture. Yes. Oh, it is yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm glad I can entertain everyone with it. But I think it just, it, when I saw that picture, I was like, that just reminds me of like a lot of people in our field that are just like a deer in headlights. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm watching this modified and I have no idea what's going on or what I'm going to recommend. So we're just right. going to go with honey thick liquids and right. that's going to be your life, right. you know? And I think we have a lot more information in this field than... It's very easy to burn out in this field, I think. Yeah. If, if you view dysphagia one way versus yep. another way. Absolutely. absolutely. I think that's a I great mean, point. If, if I'm, if really, if I'm just managing, you know, if I'm managing costs at the bedside yep. 
and uh, just looking at Sveja is kind of like one-dimensional. Right. Why would anybody want a master's degree? Right. Absolutely. Right. right. That's what I say. You can train a monkey to do you, what some people do. do. You do yeah. not need to be a skilled clinician. Right. If, if this is a, if there's a certain way that you treat this beta. Yeah. But if you treat it big picture and really, really what's out there and what these uh, you know amazing scientists are doing in our field to bring up you know bring up the level of knowledge that we are equipped with going into a patient's room, then it becomes like so much more interesting. Right. Right. And you don't want to. You're not going to want to leave the field after five years. Right. Right. Because of productivity standards. Right. You know well, I mean? and that's why I got into doing fees and instrumentals because I love seeing what we're doing. Yes. You know, I'm just so I'm a visual learner, which is funny that I have a podcast which is auditory, <laughs> <laughs> but I love to see what yeah. is going on in there. Yeah. You know, and and once I mean that that for me changed everything because once we can see what's going on, then we can fix it. Yeah. But if we don't even know what we're seeing or what what's even going on, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. So. May not be fixed by the end of Ashley in 2017. Right, may not. But maybe, yeah, maybe another time. Yeah, in the future. So, it's so great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have my final question. I don't know if you're okay. familiar with my final question. I didn't prep you for this ahead of time. Oh, no. Some people I prep before, oh, but boy. and you you might say MDTP, and I'll be really angry if you do, but okay, it's okay. What what is one like game changing strategy or technique or paper or researcher that's had a huge impact on your practice? So there's one paper that really impacted me, and it was from an Ashalita by Dr. Coyle. All right, all <laughs> right. Coming full circle. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Coyle, and, I, and I'm going to misquote the. Um, it was Dr. Coyle, and I think one of his grad students at the time, or a PhD student. It might even be eight, seven, eight years ago. Okay. Something about the chicken and the egg. Yep. And aspiration pneumonia. Yep. And just, we have to be smarter about aspiration pneumonia. Yep. And what are we, you know, this, how are we assigning aspiration pneumonia? Is it the dysphagia first, and then the aspiration pneumonia, or is it aspiration pneumonia, and then they have dysphagia? Right, and right. so it really helped me critically think, um, just especially loving to be in ICU about there's so much more going on with this patient yep. than aspiration. Absolutely. You know, and just to kind of understand. I love the, there's just kind of helped me down this path of when I'm seeing this critical patient, you know, there's almost like this dance that you're doing with the physicians and what they're doing. It's Completely. Like this, it's like this red light, green light that you're playing because you're understanding the chart and you're understanding what's happening with so what do I have to do with renal failure? Well, what you have to do with renal failure is X, Y, and Z, not necessarily their tongue-based retraction. Right. That has to do right. with their acuity. Right. And, um, and so that's just, it's made it so much more interesting to be a medical physiologist. Totally. You start just think in those terms. Yeah, I so, absolutely. I couldn't agree so more. I love yeah. that paper. And I, I'm sorry I don't know the Title of That's okay. I'll look it up. Hand, I'll look it up, and we'll have yeah, it in the show notes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, awesome. I love that. Yeah. You didn't say MDTP. That no. makes me happy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, you, you told me not to. So. <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, "Well, I don't can't think of anything else." I'm like, "Come on, I have to take this course." Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Jonathan. This is great. Absolutely. So I nice meeting this. you. You too. Yeah, the Stasia Cafe. You swallow your pride. So. Thank you. All right. 
So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with your closest colleagues, and show notes will always be available to download over on SwallowYourPridePodcast.com, where you can also be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Also, credit to Stephanie Jacobson for her incredible editing skills, and thank you so much to all of you for listening.